Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey traders, Kill Stokes here and welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. I finally did it. I finally did it. I cut my cable. Now I know this doesn't really mean much for you guys out there, but this was something that was on my to-do list probably for uh, probably for about a year and just uh, my typical nature of procrastinating, I just pushed it back and back and back down on the to-do list and then, uh, you know, kind of forgot about it, then added it back on and really just, you know, a year later, still paying an unnecessary bill. And that's the the topic of today's podcast. In today's podcast, I want to talk about knowing how to save, really understanding the value of money. And something I've been doing lately is I've been running a latte factor experiment on myself. And I know I've mentioned that term a few times here on the podcast, but for you guys that are tuning in, because we have brand new members each and every week chiming in and finding my podcast somewhere out there on the interwebs, right? For you guys that aren't familiar, the latte factor was basically an experiment on understanding how much you spend. It was in a book called The Automatic uh, Millionaire by, I forgot the name, I want to say Edwin Lafeer, something like that, but it was a great book called The Automatic Millionaire. I loaned it out to my business partner, never got it back, but it was a cool book about how to save money, right? How to basically earn more money by spending less. And there were a few different ways. Uh, one way was kind of uh, taking your paycheck, right? You know, we get that automatic automatic paycheck every you know two weeks or every month, right? Instead of getting your paycheck and then you know, divvying it up how you feel, right? Putting some in spending, putting some in bills, putting some in savings, you know, what have you, automatically put it, you know, have it set up so it automatically goes into that savings account, um, whatever you're supposed to be saving, because, well, when you don't see something, you're less likely to be tempted to use it. And that goes for you guys that are like, yeah, I know I should be saving this, but I'll just save double next month because I want to buy this thing. But something he did in this book was called The Latte Experiment, The Latte Factor. And essentially what it was was walking through your day, walking through your week, really walking through your month, and just keeping track of how much you spend and what you spend it on. Then at the end of the, the time, however long it may be for you, going back through your notes, right, going back through your notes and really dividing what was necessary versus what wasn't necessary and seeing how much you can save. And you'd be amazing how much you can save just by eliminating the unnecessary stuff. So 
this is what I've been doing lately with myself, and I've been able to cut and really save a good amount of money. Now, many of you guys are like Akil. Why do you care about saving money? Uh, you know, I've, I've seen the podcast. I've seen you in the live trading room. I've seen the Instagram stories. You look like you're doing pretty well. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I never want to say I'm doing well because, again, I, I don't like giving myself credit for anything because I feel like I may get comfortable and I never want to get comfortable. I always want to stay on the gas and, and motivate it, kind of like Tom Brady and Drew Brees with a, a chip on my shoulder, even if, after I've had an established career. Um, but... The truth is, one of the big differences between being wealthy and rich is your mindset and what you do with your money, right? Rich people are rich, right? Rich doesn't take time into account. Rich means you have a lot of money right now, and there's a good chance that you won't have a lot of money next week, right? You're dependent on, you're kind of living on a, a basically an elevated version of a check-to-check -check basis, Right? My uncle works in the music industry, worked with Interscope Records uh, for a long time, and he deals with a lot of uh, famous musicians. And the war stories he tells me about these musicians who are, you know, they're making millions of dollars off of these, these records and these shows or whatnot, but next week, next month, it's all gone. It's like, and, he, and he tries to educate them on like, hey, you, you got to be smart with it. That's the difference between rich, right? They're rich now. A month later, they're not. And unless they achieve the same thing, unless they achieve another, you know, million dollars in sales, um, you know, they're going to be in the poorhouse. Wealth is over time, right? Wealth has more to do with your ability for your money to continue to make money without you actually needing to do something, right? Investing is a great form of wealth, right? If you've invested smartly and your money is has become your slave, right? That's a, the, the richest man in Babylon was a great book, right? He said, make your money your slave, make it work for you, right? You work hard to earn your money and then you make your money work for you. You can actually sit back. I don't want to say do nothing, but you can essentially sit back and do nothing and your money is still printing money. Now, imagine if your money is still printing money while you're still working hard. You're just doubling the effort that quick. But the point is, mindset is everything. Those who want to be wealthy, right, they're still handling their day-to-day -day business as if they were poor. And it's funny because it's, it's you know, I, I was going to use the reference of, I, 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 I didn't come from a very poor family. We weren't wealthy by any means, um, but we were lower middle class for probably most of my childhood growing up. We had some periods where we, we might have dipped a little bit into the lower class, uh, but, uh, you know, we were, we were probably lower middle class for most of my childhood growing up. The fact is it, it wasn't a struggle, meaning there was always, my dad did a great job of always putting food on the plate. Um, we did go on vacations. I was able to, um, well, I was able to get stuff I needed. Like, I meaning like, you know, if, if I was in, I was involved in a lot of sports, I was able to, you know, he was able to buy me cleats. He was able to buy me a baseball glove, stuff like that. Um, so I was able to, I was able to get a lot of things growing up, but they also provided a lot of lessons on the value because there were a lot of choices that had to be made, right? You know, my dad would come to me like, hey, you know, here's your allowance, you know, I'll give you $10. You can either buy this or that. I'm like, what if I want to buy both? He's like, well, then you got to, you got to make some money by yourself. So I always understood the value of money. And part of me thinks growing up like that, and it's probably, it's, it's not as much product of my environment. It's more so just having a very good father that educated me on money. But I want to say part of me growing up in that area, in, in kind of that atmosphere, allowed me to value money and allowed me to kind of make 
make the best out of working with a little. And I was going to say that's a benefit for many, but on the flip side, you see a lot of professional athletes that go broke, right? Um, because they've come from a place of no money. They automatically kind of, they, they come into a lot of money and because they don't know how to spend it, um, it they just go, they don't, they don't know how to manage it and, and, and whatnot. They go crazy and just spend on everything. And eventually, you know, their, their 10 year NFL career where they made millions and millions of dollars is all for nothing because they were just reckless with it. But I think the journey that I went through in not even life growing up and, and having a father that made me understand money and and going to college and being your typical broke college student who was trying to figure out how to how to make uh, make the meals work, how to steal an extra meal every week, uh, which I did easily. I worked in the dining hall, so I got free breakfast and free lunch. And uh, <laughs> there we go. But um, having that really taught me how to make my money stretch, how to eliminate all unnecessary spending and really make the dollar stretch as long as I can. And after college, right, after college, when I, I graduated, you guys know about the grind. Uh, you know, my, my story was this. I was working three jobs. I was making $30,000 a year, $30,000 with no real, you know, no real bills, no family to take care of was more money than I ever seen in my life. So, you know, life was great. But after that time, when I when I got into trading, when I fully immersed myself into trading, I dropped everything, right? I dropped those jobs and I was really living on ramen noodles and cheese sandwiches, right? And, and I had to make the most out of having a little bit of money. After that, right, the roller coaster ride of my life, after that, I, I got skilled at trading. I went on to money, uh, manage money. I made a lot of money managing money. And then I fell victim of the PFG mess. And, and for you guys that are not familiar, the PFG mess was basically a scammy broker that stole everyone's money. So, you could imagine I went from this this low of not having any money in college to having more money than I knew what to do with coming out of college, again, relative to the time, um, back to being kind of in the poorhouse, right, while I'm trying to learn how to trade and investing everything in myself, hoping it works, um, and then back up to having more money than I've ever seen in my life again, back to having it all taken away from me and and, and back to the, the grind, right? And I think one of the things that that allowed me to get through those moments is, again, just being able to make the best of what I have and make that dollar stretch. And going through the ups and downs, not taking my situation for granted, because I, I've seen, again, the, the PFG mess where you just get an email and it's, or you just, you don't even get an email. You read the news and it's like, hey, if you had money with these guys, it's all gone because this guy stole it all and now he's trying to commit suicide in the car. Can you imagine the feeling? All of my hard work after all of those years, struggling as a trader, building myself up, struggling again, creating a trading business and having myself and my clients money taken away from me because some idiot wants to be a thief. That hurts, man. It hurts real bad. And, and that's just it's a, it's a roller coaster ride. And at the time, it's like, you know, it felt like life couldn't get worse. But all those moments, those trying moments, those are tests. How dedicated are you? All the skills that you learn throughout life, can you put them to work in a real life situation where it really is do or die? I had a family at the time. It's do or die. And going through those moments, I don't take anything for granted. I don't take the situation I'm in right now for granted. You guys know me. I never get comfortable. My biggest fear is that I get comfortable and that life catches up. 
and I begin to fail. I get so comfortable that I'm not as hungry for success and I begin to go backwards. And something that has helped, you know, so I should say this, the, the, with that being said, something that I always keep on my mind, even though I'm in a, in a, in a, a good position right now, is the lessons that I've learned from being in a bad position. And that's why I started running the latte factor on myself again. I started tracking my spending. What am I recklessly spending on? What am I doing? Am I running up credit card bills? Am I getting, am I paying $200 extra a month on interest that I don't need to be if I just paid off a credit card bill? And I'm not done this experiment yet, but some of the things that I've recently canceled is, like I mentioned, cable. Cut the cable today. Guess what I just saved? $150 a month. $150 a month just from canceling cable. That's $1,300 a year. I canceled some other unnecessary things that I was uh, spending. I had some reoccurring bills on my credit card that I didn't even know were there, right? Saved about another $100 a month doing that. I focused more on strategic grocery shopping, not going bi-weekly, going weekly, going on certain days of the week, making sure I take the time instead of just being lazy and going to take the time to look through coupons, look through deals. I probably save about 25 hours a week doing that. Right? That's another $100 a month. And there are a few other spending habits. I think I mentioned in a previous podcast about one of my bad habits is before I go from, uh, from home or work to, uh, to track practice, I stop by this local, uh, like this local gas station. I buy like two Gatorades, a Milky Way, and a cheese, right? Spend almost 10 bucks a day just on, well, I don't even need it. I just, I just it, it became a habit. Spending almost 10 bucks a day doing that, right? $50 a week, $200 a month on Gatorade, dark midnight Milky Ways. Ooh, they're so good. And cheese, little baby bell cheese. They're delicious, but I don't, I don't, I don't need them. I just kind of, I drive past, I'm like, ooh, I want that. Because I can, right? I'm not, I'm not in a position right now, fortunately, where I'm like, oh, I can't afford a cheese. Let's do it. But I don't. that's the mindset I don't want to slip back into. I don't want to be in that comfortable mindset where I don't have to think before I spend. Because I can, to be honest with you guys, and I say this in the most humblest way possible, I don't have to think before I spend. If I want something, I can go get it. If I see something on Amazon, just click the button. Boom, it's done. I'm no longer in the position where I have to go through my bills and check the checking account and make sure there's enough in there to pay for it, right? I can just buy it because I, I know I'm good. But what's not good is having that mindset is what's going to destroy me if I were ever to settle. Having that mindset is what's going to inch me closer to being more rich than wealthy in, in, in a sense of, of mentality. And that's the scariest thing out there. So I challenge you guys to do this kind of latte factor on your own, right? I just saved about $2,000 a year on unnecessary funds. And I'm, I haven't even gone through the whole list. Imagine what you can save. For you guys that are, are trying to grow trading accounts, or you guys out there complaining that you don't have enough money to start a trading account, the, the, the easiest way to start saving money is to stop spending money. Spend less and you will save more. Save more, you can start your account. You start growing your account, you can start making your money work for you. You start making your money work for you, you start inching more from that rich mentality to that wealth mentality. 
And that's where you find long-lasting success.